May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The liturgy of the church, the orders of service we use within the Church in Wales and Church of England before that and Roman Catholic Church before the Reformation has changed somewhat over the years. From Latin to English at the Reformation before they got round to writing a Welsh version of the prayer books and then there are a few different editions coming out. Then in 1662 there were the English and Welsh versions of that book of common prayer which remained in use for 200 plus years before things were revised in the 20th century. Revision after revision after revision and don't we know it. In those English and Welsh versions of the liturgy until fairly recently the Holy Communion service would have near the start the Ten Commandments being recited week by week or service by service. At some point, though, this was changed, rather than the whole Ten Commandments. It's just to the summary of the law. I don't know whether it's people felt it took too long listening to the whole Ten Commandments. I shouldn't comment on that, really. And so, at the, early in the service, we would hear our Lord Jesus Christ said, the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Some fairly important words from Jesus that were worth being repeated service by service. Firstly, love God. Secondly, love your neighbour as yourself. And that pretty much sums up how we should live. Because if we're doing that, then the other things, don't steal, don't murder, well, they fall into one or other of those. Firstly, love God. We see this in today's first reading from Deuteronomy. Take your first fruits from the land. Offer that up to God. In doing this, we acknowledge that these things we have received come from God. So we're offering back to God that which we have received from God. These blessings we have. And we do this, says Deuteronomy, before anything else. We receive blessings we receive fruits of the land, we receive money, whatever. And first of all, we offer some of that back to God at that point. It puts into context the idea of tithing a proportion of our income. Something I'm not always particularly good at. And offering this up to God first. Because first and foremost... We love and worship God, who has blessed us greatly. There are so many questions about church finances right there. If a collection basket is passed around, okay, we've not done that for the last couple of years. Is that encouraging us to give our first fruits to God? Or the few coppers we've got left in our pocket after everything else? 
Are we offering up to God from our abundance, from what we have right at the start? Or are we offering up to God that which we've got left over in the end when everything else is dealt with? Mind you, there's a question about time right there as well, isn't there? Do we only worship God when we've got nothing better to do? Or is it our primary purpose before all else? As a priest, I have an obligation to say morning and evening prayer every day, on holiday, on days off, whatever. I try to get into a routine where it always happens at the same time. Before moving, it was a case of I'd get up, I'd get showered, and before breakfast, I'd pop over to church, unlock church, because we have the church open all day, and pray morning prayer then, and then... Before dinner in the evening, I'd go over and pray evening prayer and lock up the church and then come back and eat. And so if there was a routine, okay, the day off changed it a bit, but there was a, this was my pattern for the day and it was central parts of the day. But actually at times I get out of these routines. At the moment I'm trying to work out a new routine. And so there are times when you look at the watch, panic, it's quarter to twelve. I've not prayed morning prayer yet. Can I get it in before noon? It's slightly legalistic at that point. Well, in a time zone somewhere, it's still morning or still evening. But it's what are those priorities? Which are those things which need to be done before anything else? Is God our first priority, our primary focus? Or is there something else taking up that role at times? These are things for us all to consider during this season of Lent. What is our focus? What is most important? God or something else? We see this of sorts in the Gospel reading. Jesus has just been baptised by John in the River Jordan. It's right at the start of his public ministry. Lots of things to be done, no doubt. Get committees together, write a vision statement, develop a mission action plan, make contact with ecumenical leaders, meet the public, be seen in and around the place and so on. All those things you need to do at the start of ministry. But what does Jesus do? He goes away, takes a retreat in the wilderness He's just started, there's lots to do, and so he goes away to focus on God the Father. He goes away to pray. And okay, in this case, he's also then tempted by the devil, who is trying to seduce him to turn away from God the Father. Right at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus' focus is on God. Because his focus is on God, there's opposition to it from the devil, trying to make God seem unimportant. All these offers that are offered to him, all these possibilities, all this potential, all these empty promises, just turn away from God. Just worship me, says the devil, and you can have all this. And in all honesty, there are so many times when we face this in one way or another, 
and are so sorely tempted, or worse, to turn away. Because there is so much that tries, whether intentionally or unintentionally, to pull us away from Almighty God. And yes, I do include spiritual battles in that, taking note of the end of that gospel reading. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. Still, there is that opposition spiritually to us coming to God. But also, there are so many things happening that try to suggest that going to church is just a hobby, just a lifestyle choice, one of many equally valid pastimes, such as shopping, nursing a hangover, playing tennis, going for a walk, and going to the tip, to name but a few. And sometimes we collude with it. I know it's difficult coming to church when there are so many things you need to do. And actually in that statement, if we've ever used it, there is quite a significant change in our beliefs and faith, I suggest. Do you notice what changed in that statement? I know it's so difficult going to church because there are so many other things you need to do. Anyone spot it? I didn't say being a Christian. I didn't say worshipping God. I said going to church. Being a follower of Jesus, a disciple, a follower of the way, reduced to just church going, reduced to just an hour or so on a Sunday morning or a home group during the week or a midweek communion, leaving the rest of the week free to do whatever we fancy. Is that truly what we believe? That Jesus is just one hobby amongst many others? The Anglican priest and hymn writer from a few hundred years ago, George Herbert, wrote the hymn, King of Glory, King of Peace. Maybe we should have sung that today, I didn't think. Seven whole days, not one in seven, I will praise thee, he wrote. Seven whole days, not one in seven. That is surely the story of our developing faith journey as individuals, as a community, and indeed as the church throughout the world, existing to praise and worship God, thankful to God for the blessings we enjoy moment by moment, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, confessing to God the times we fall short of how we are called to live. Seven whole days, not one in seven. Every moment of every day. In the world today, we can see how much that is needed. Putting away individual agendas. Putting away self-centeredness. Putting away hatred and fear of those who are different. 
putting away the desire to build our own empires. And rather, putting our attention and efforts, first and foremost, into God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, and working together to build God's kingdom. In the process, letting others know that God loves and cares for them. May our time journeying through this Lenten season be concerned with praying for peace in the world. May it be a time of examining our lives, examining what our focus, our priority is, examining how we use our time, gifts and resources. Are we offering up to God from the abundance, from the plenty, from the first fruits, or what's left over after everything else. May we be a people who, rather than just going to church on a Sunday, be a people who follow Jesus Christ with every part of our being, a people for whom Jesus is our top priority. And being different to the world in that way, may we show those around us quite what a difference it makes to be not a churchgoer, but to a follower of Jesus. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, The first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen.